welcome to the Growing Pains Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Delavanary. Every entrepreneur has a unique story. The Growing Pains Podcast is all about unveiling and reverse engineering those stories. Through hearing the hardships, failures, and successes, we hope to educate, inspire, and connect the entrepreneurial community of Lakeland. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Sure. What, what was the name of the city? Mesana. Sana. Mesana. Okay, where's that? Where's that in relation to like what? Uh, uh, maybe a, a a big city that that more people would know, like, like how- Mumbai, right? Okay. Everyone ta- everyone knows Mumbai in India. It's about ten hours away. Uh, okay. going north from Mumbai. So it's, so it's pretty. It's a pretty far distance. Then what? What's what's the culture like in India? You know, I'd have to say that every every person I've met from India seems to be pretty smart and pretty hardworking. You know, so. Which doesn't align like when, when I've talked to you about maybe some of the lack of opportunity doesn't align well because I'm going, you got a lot of people then that have tools that aren't being put to use yet. Correct. Well, the culture is, you know, every time you get out of one place and when you look back, that's when you start actually see what's going on. When you the see difference. from distance. Yes. And that's when you see the difference. And when I was there, everything was normal because that was the life. But when I came to America, that's when I actually understood my culture, where I grew up, how it is, because now I'm experiencing different culture. So over there, people, the mindset is completely different than here and there. It's the Eastern mindset. Here's the Western mindset. I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong. They're I'm just, just saying it's just different. So, so like, you know, and, 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 and this would be a good one because I, I actually don't know a lot of, about the, the Eastern cultures, you know. Well, so when you're in that environment, you know, when you're dreaming of your future and like, mm-hmm. so let's say that you're in that like 15, 16 year old age. Cause that's about when you start thinking like, okay, yes. when I'm 18, I'm my own, I'm my own responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like what are people dreaming about? Is everybody is, is, is college a reality? Like I would say in, in, in the United States, if you desire to go to the college, you can, there, there is a college you can get into. Mm-hmm. Is that the case there? Like, does everybody, can everybody go that wants to go really? Yes. So like, the, the reality is like when you're 15, 16, first of all, you don't know what you're going to do. You that time, you know, you know everything and you know how you're going to set up your future because where you grew up and that's how you think. But in reality, they all are pushing for a college. Some of them have dreams that they trying to do something else and they know for a fact that exactly what they're going to do. But most of the people, the society, uh, the society has so much pressure on college, going to college that everyone goes to college. What is that? Everyone, what does that feed like, is there, is there a lot of opportunity to start a business if you wanted to, or is it mostly to, to work for someone else that started a business? So with the business, it's very hard to do business in India. Cause I, I tell you, there is a reason for it too, because we got a, India got freedom in 1947, okay. 70, we just celebrated 75th. Uh, so you're really young in, in, in the in, country. In, yes. And what happened is before then, a lot of people relied in India. A lot of people relied on their craft. So, for example, we have a caste system, right? So whatever your caste is, that's what the work you do for generations. So, like, we have some people farming, right? So their entire lineage, seven generation, they all they do is just farming. They don't know anything else other than doing farming. And they're experts at it because they've been doing it for so many generations. That's but correct. But if you didn't desire to do that, there's not an easy pathway to getting out. That's correct. But the thing is, after British left, they, we, they, they ruled India for 300 years and they had their... Uh, school system and all that they came in right so all the craft and all that everything was different whenever they left in 1947 everything was different they set up the school system that india still following their structure and that's where a lot of confusion happened and everyone thought 
we don't want our kids to do this hard work we did. We want them to get a professional job. Uh, so go to college. And for that, if you get a professional job, the whole family don't have to struggle. One job, one good paying job will do the whole family. So that's kind of mindset came in. Also, the security you get, right? The security you get with the job. So that was kind of the mindset. And that's kind of the mindset I had. Like when I was 16, 17, I had no idea what to do. I, I failed every single subject from sixth grade and onwards. I failed every exam. So they had to like push me because I just knew the school isn't for me. So I, did, I put no effort in learning anything about it. So while you were punting that, while you were putting no effort into that, what were the things that like you felt you were meant to do? Because it sounds like you're putting energy into something. It just I was putting that. energy into the things exactly what I do right now. Um, that time when I was a kid, I was learning about the technology. I always been into technology, like how things work, always been into things that flew. So always wanted to make things fly. So since I was a kid, I was making planes and um, helicopters that not very professional, but still trying to make something happen at that time. So I was just doing a lot of research. We didn't have an internet. So uh, getting a books from library, going to school and getting books from the school and learning about it and stuff like that. So it was harder to, it, in that time, it's harder to get information. To, to, for about, me at that time, I didn't knew what internet was. So for me, it was like, that was the reality for me. It was like, okay, once I have a book, I feel like I have everything I need. So all the information just, that's on that subject. I yes. got you. Because so, if you don't have any context to this limitless well of information, you can't even fathom it. Mm -hmm. So if you were to explain the internet to someone who's never used it before, yeah. it'd actually be pretty hard to describe what this thing is. Exactly. So, and where I grew up, it was not a big town. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of people in that town because we have a lot of population, but it wasn't like a big town. We didn't have a lot of fancy things in our town. It's growing now, but... That time it was just kind of like a small town. That makes sense. So not a, not a ton of infrastructure then. Is it, is, is it still in the caste system or is it that you've moved past it, but it's just so new that like, while well, you've moved past, it's not even been a generation past it. So yeah. everybody's like still trying to figure out what to do with this newfound choice. Yeah. So like we are in the second generation that we are enjoying the freedom, right? So my grandparents, when he was born, he, the India was still under British rule and he was born in 1937. And we got freedom in 1947. So he's still like. You're programmed a certain way. We are programmed in a certain way. And a lot of things are learning. And because of the internet's taking over in India, a lot of uh, Western ideas coming there. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying. They're blending that's, out. That's yeah. blending out. It's so you've becoming got, like. You've got the Eastern heritage and tradition mm -hmm. blended with this newfound freedom. Blended and technology. With, 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 with exposure to technology in the, in the Western yes. culture. Because. For the first time, India is defining its own culture. Then we're not Eastern, we're not Western, we're we're us. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, absolutely. And so it's going to take generations for that for that defining process yes. to take place. Okay, so you find out at nineteen that you've got this opportunity to come to the U.S. Yes. Now, you know, just kind of shape this. Like, how many people get that opportunity in India? Not that, a lot. Yeah. So, not like, a lot. if you had to assign a percentage, like, what's I don't know the percentage exactly, but I'll tell you this. We waited 18 years to come to here. So, and there was a huge line to get, just to get the visa approved. It took us 18 years to get the visa approved. And then we got to come to America. And now my friends uh, moved to Australia and Canada and after that, but I'm just saying like, not a lot of people well, get had the opportunity. Hard. Is it, it fi financially, is it something that, it, that is really difficult yes. to do? Cause I mean, you're basically leaving all of everything, right? Mm -hmm. Are you able to sell everything and then move over here at least? Yes. Yeah. So like, um, 
when we came here, we didn't came here with a lot of money. We didn't had a lot of money to come. We kind of started exactly. My parents had like a few thousand dollars to come here and that's it. But um, I had no money when I was literally on my name. I had no money to come here. So I knew exactly I'm starting a brand new life. So I was actually excited for that because over there, my life would have been okay. I go to college. I probably would have never passed the college, right? I would have be still in the college. But let's just imagine if I have passed the college, I would have find a girl. My parents would have find the girl for me and probably married and doing the same thing. I'm not saying necessarily that's a wrong thing to do, no, but that's just saying mean, that's the different thing. You already knew what the path, where the path led. Yes. And yeah. so this, you're going, this was exciting because this was a path I had no idea where it was going to lead to. You, you really probably didn't even know what much to think about because I'm sure if you waited for 18 years, you'd probably given up any type of hope of of hitting, you know, of getting it. Exactly. So, so it just came as a surprise. How was that like, you know, okay, so you just got done tell me about how, <laughs> how the society was. Yeah. How was that received by the family and by, you know, like as you all basically pulled your group right out of the yeah. mix. Everything, everyone was excited that we got, uh, that everyone knew that we applied for a visa and uh, that it's in the process. So everyone's super excited. Whenever we left, our entire community where we lived, they all came to visit us and give us gift. And they're oh, like, good wow. luck for the future. And so, can't so wait for everybody's you to come just back. really happy. Very yeah. happy. All my friends were happy. They all came to visit me because, you know, they didn't know when I'm going to be seeing them next. Everyone was super excited and it felt very good that I felt very good that now I have some kind of responsibility that I'm the lucky one who got to come to America and I got to decide my future. Cause I'm basically, I just turned 19, um, just turned 19 and I got my visa approved. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting into my twenties, my brand new life. So I was super excited. Yeah. And optimistic for the future. And then at the same time you're going, man, look how many people aren't getting this chance. I got to do something with it. I can't come back in six years and have done nothing with this. Exactly. Because I got to answer to them because they're going to ask, yes. what are you doing? What's what have you done? Yeah. Yeah. So wow, I cannot know, waste that opportunity. Well, even more so it's held you accountable. It holds me accountable. And I think that's the biggest reason I'm able to achieve a lot of things because I have that accountability. Not no one asked me for it, but I still have that yeah, it got accountability. Upon you. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes accountability is thrust upon you. And, and so you're going mix, you have, I've got this accountability mixed with this, with this opportunity and wow. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that because you're, you're going, when I go back, yeah. that's when, I mean, so when you go back for the first time in six years, this will be the first time you've actually got to be accountable yes. to the results. And actually I want to, when I left India, I had this, you know, whenever you have dreams, like I have, I have dreams from my country. I want to do things and go back and do things that. Now I see it. I can now I can make a lot of change in my country because now I'm I'm like financially, mentally healthy, um, philosophically, spiritually. A lot of things are getting in, in on track. Place. And when, so now I feel more responsible that when I go back now, I have all these things. So I have to do something to help people. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to do all that. So it, even more excited to go back now. Well, because you're because you're going, you know. The person that you are six years later mm -hmm. is probably unrecognizable to the person that you were when you left. And so that's what you were, were putting into words was that, you know, this, this metamorphosis has taken place. You're going, I'm, I'm, I'm a whole new person. I, I yeah. look in the mirror and I see a different person now. And I like the person that I see and I'm excited about the person mm -hmm. I'm becoming tomorrow. Um, and I didn't feel that excited about the life that I, that I left. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so you're going, you almost got a, a certain amount of like, 
I mean, I don't know what the right word is, if it's empathy or if it is um, appreciation, but, but you look at it and you're going, I didn't do anything to necessarily earn that opportunity. And, and these other people who didn't get the opportunity didn't necessarily do anything not to earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to do something really special with, yes. with that. And, and you're going, and what, I, what, what has become a big piece of your why is the change that you can make and inspire in the community that you yeah, left because absolutely. of this. Okay, so you come over, you're 19, um, you, your parents have a little bit of money to get started. You have really no money to get started. Yeah. What's what's day one look like? So day one, uh, 7th April, right? Uh, first thing, my uncle picks, picks pick us up from Tampa Airport and uh, we come and I was just, just amazed by looking at the roads in America. I'm like, look at this. I, we were on I-4 and I'm like, so the, so the road infrastructure is very different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. So I was looking at the tall buildings in Tampa, and it was just amazing. I was just like, my jaw dropped, and I was like super excited to be in like America. And I, whenever I first landed, whenever we got out of the plane, the first thing I did was take a deep breath, and I could smell. I'm like, man, I can smell a new country. And that feeling, I still remember. And that's the feeling I do what I do, because that time I felt like I'm the king of the world. That's, that's exactly, I had no money in my pocket. I didn't knew anybody, but I just knew that this is going to be the moment that's going to change everything. I just knew that. I I still remember that feeling. It's hard to remember sudden feelings, but that feeling's like still. It's hard to describe the way it made you feel. But when you talk about it, you can, it's like you're back there. You can feel it. And it really, really think about it like that. It was not that long ago. No. I mean, you really say if we've been in the pandemic for 18 months, mm-hmm. then that means that what a quarter of the time you've been here has mm-hmm. been during, during, during the pandemic. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I learned a lot in during the pandemic too, which I'll get into that. But first day, uh, my first night, 7th April, we come to my uncle's house. We stay there. Um, and in two days he tells, uh, he was, he, my uncle's been extremely helpful to me. He helped me find my first job, which was Dairy Queen. My first job was Dairy Queen and he knew the owner. So he's like, do you, do you want, are you ready to start a job? I said, yes. Yeah. So in three days, I start a job on 10th April. I have a job. So that's when my first actually going out in America. Because first two days, I just sleep because uh, jet lag. Yeah, and- jet lag. I'm just getting used to it. Yeah. So, and so is that what brought you to Lakeland is that you, that's where your uncle was, was kind of yes. living at? Okay. Yes. And the didn't had anywhere to go. So first, like, uh, we came to Lakeland and trying to see where we like, and then decide to go, but we really loved Lakeland. So we stayed at my uncle's house for three months, which I'm very grateful for him that he let me stay at his house for three months and help me with get, a get lot established. of get established. So you start working three days in, you get that first paycheck, get my first paycheck and I have no car or anything. So I'm just feel rich you're like whoa I'm, I'm, I feel extremely at that time I don't have any phone but I feel like I'm making eight dollars an hour and I feel extremely rich because there was like I've never seen that much money in my life before so it was like first first time I'm making money off my own I feel instantly confident when I got my first paycheck I feel instantly confident that's when I felt like okay Ruth now the dreams are becoming a reality and I started automatically making a plan. Okay, I make $8 an hour. I This is how much money I need to save because I always knew that I did not came to America to work. I knew I came to America to start a business and be successful. So from day one, I was making a mental plan in my head, like exactly what I was going to do. I wasn't good at anything. I, w- I didn't have any college degree or anything. You didn't even speak the language. Did I you? didn't speak the language, but I just had the excitement because 
what the first thing I found out that American people are very helpful. They if even if you don't speak English, they're willing to help you actually understand. And unfortunately, not a lot of people get to experience that in the beginning. I was lucky enough to experience that that I didn't have any bad experience or so it kind of did not discourage me in that the beginning. That makes sense that you're, you're going, you're, and they encourage me, they help yeah. kind of fill the gaps. Yeah. How, how hard of a learning curve was it? Like, because yeah, I've never had to learn another language like that, being immersed in another, be like, that's fight or flight time. I mean, you have to learn. It was so. hard. It was hard. A lot of time people told me I did not understand. So I would just answer them yes. And they're expecting some kind of answer. And I would just say, nod my hand and say yes. And they're like, they know that instantly that this guy don't speak any English. So they... <laughs> How is it working at, at Dairy Queen serving these customers? So I was not allowed to serve a customer okay. in the beginning. All I did in the beginning was just cleaning and making ice cream, kind of like a labor work, backdoor work, because I didn't speak English. But what I was doing was my boss gave me a headset to listen what's how people are ordering at the drive-thru. So basically let you listen to the drive-thru so you could get used to what the orders would be. Yes. And um, before even my, the server tells me what to make uh, the ice cream, I would hear that and stop making that. And I kind of took the opportunity when the other person was not uh, around, I started taking the orders and that kind of how I got started with speaking with other people. And I, as I spoke with more customer at Dairy Queen, my English got much better. I felt more confident communicating, trying to understand. And I joined Cat. Um, I joined Polk State College for ESL, English as a second language. I did a month, but I'm like, no, this is not for me. I could just learn. know how you learn. No, I think I think that's the biggest thing that you've that you've learned in that front part of your life is you discovered an early age how you learn, and more importantly, how you don't learn. Anybody were ever to meet you, mm -hmm. um, they would not assume that you struggled at school. That would not be an assumption they would make. <laughs> they would assume that you excelled because yeah. that's not how you, you don't, you don't come across as someone who would have struggled in that, which I think is great because a lot of people think just because they struggle at school that, that they get assigned um, this, this categorization yeah. of not intelligent. Okay. And, and that's not, that's not accurate at all. It's more of a different learner. Yeah. And then once you figure you figured out that your learning was from doing Yes. Just like, just like you couldn't sit in a classroom and be told how to speak English, but you could jump in um, behind the, behind the front yeah. counter or behind the drive-through line and learn it on learn. the fly. Learn, you learn by yep. doing, not by reading, not and by being taught. Exactly. And that's why I don't have a typical, typical accent like other people, because I didn't learn by learning the spelling and trying to pronounce in my language, how to pronounce that word. I still struggle with uh, writing a lot of things and reading because it's memorization of the letters and how they go yes, together. I don't know how to spell. I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't know how to spell entrepreneur. I don't know how to spell entrepreneurship. A lot of things I have to use my phone. You Siri, I ask Siri, how do you spell this? Like basic things, but I'm good at speaking. So I learned my method. Okay, this thing really works for me. So there is no point of me feeling bad about not knowing other things or even have the time to even waste on those things that I don't not helping me you focus on what you what you are strong in and you lean into the gifts exactly exactly and that's why i think a lot of people struggle with a lot of people learn things differently and they trying to learn the other people learn or trying to do the other people have done instead of forgetting the gift they have instead of they just focus on that it could help us help them a lot like i i give you an example i never went to college right i never went to college or anything i went for one year but i dropped out but i give speeches in front of college student, college faculties in English, which I never learned 
in their school. In in the school. So, you know, but I figured what was my style. It was just communicating with people and well, worked and, out for and, me. And, and, you know, as we've talked more, like, I think that the, that the biggest thing that happened for you in all of this is you really didn't have an option to lean on gifts you didn't have. Exactly. I mean, like, like, you know, where a lot of us, you, you get that programming all through your life. Okay. So like if you had stayed in India, it would have been the same for you as many of the people in America. You, you just get used to the way it is yes. and you just kind of let the herd follow, you know, push you along and mm-hmm. you don't carve out, carve out your own way. And so then you get kind of convinced into doing things the way that society does them. Exactly. Okay. And, and so through that convincing, you start trying to develop stuff that you're not naturally great at. Mm-hmm. And society tells you these things that you're naturally great at don't really matter because what we really care about is this. Yes. And so it programs you to just focus on giving society what it wants. Mm-hmm. All right. Whereas in your case, it's fight or flight. It's like being dropped off in the middle of nowhere yes, with nothing. Exactly. Okay? You only have the tools that you have. That's it. Yes. You, you can't even understand what society is mm-hmm. for them to influence you. Cause you're going, I, I got to just learn first how to communicate basic, basic needs. First I got to, I got to get money coming in and I got to learn how to communicate. And honestly, this communication thing, it drives my ability to get a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, so number one thing I got to do is learn how to communicate. And, um, we got written communication. We got oral communication. It's going to take me a lot longer to learn written communication than oral. Yes. And, and it's I'm just not boring. Be using yeah, for me, communication yeah. to work so. at Dairy Queen. I'm mm-hmm. using oral. So yeah. that's, that's where I'm going to start. Practical, right? You need to be more practical. And because when, you're learning through doing. So you're only learning the stuff that you need to do the next thing you got to exactly. do. You're not learning anything that you're not using. Exactly. And when you don't have many options, your obstacle becomes your way. For me, I didn't have any option. I didn't knew anybody. I didn't have money. I didn't have any job. I didn't have any degree. The only thing I had was my obstacle that I didn't knew. So I knew I had to push through those obstacles, you and, know? And it forced I you to, to look internal, yes. okay? Because if you had options, if you had a person that could bail you out, that could help you, that yeah. could give you, give you some money to get you through, that could give you a job, that could give you something, mm-hmm. then you might, at that age, you might have taken it, Yeah. okay? But because you didn't have it. It forced you to do the one thing that you had, which was build it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you figured out that you didn't need anybody else because you were all that you needed. Exactly. That's all I was thinking. I was thinking that even nothing works out. And later on, this even in my business, when I worked, so I worked at Dairy Queen two years. And when I was working at Dairy Queen, I was also doing other job, which was at McKesson Pharmacy, doing loading, loading up the the trucks and work on a conveyor belt and clean the warehouse and just like warehouse jobs. So in the morning, I would work at Dairy Queen. At night, I would work at the pharmacy warehouse. So I would work putting in like 16, 17 hours, but I was still very happy. I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. I was doing that because I had a plan in my mind that, okay, saving this money, I'm going to start this business that I want to start. And when I started the business, I quit both of the job because the purpose of those things are done. That was my stepping stone. I already stepped on that step. There is no point of looking back because if I look back and stay on that job, I'll be always be there. So I, you have to intentionally put yourself in an uncomfortable situation because without that, there is no growth because I tell you what, the, like what is courage, right? You have to show courage to a lot of things. Do talk to people. You have to show courage, but it's actually knowing what the danger is and still stepping into it. That's what, that's when you actually tell, okay, I use my last stepping stone. That chapter is over. No matter what comes in this chapter, this chapter is going to be over just like my previous chapter. I'm going to use this chapter as a stepping stone too. And next chapter is going to be even harder. 
but you already know how to deal with that. Well, and you know that that harder is just a term we use to describe things that we can't describe because even the most difficult thing in the world to accomplish is a series of hard tasks. Maybe it's a series of 10,000 hard tasks or a thousand hard tasks. There's not like one task. No, no one's asking you to, 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 to leap from the ground up to three stories. They're not asking you to do something that's physically out of your limitations. They're asking you to, you know, that if you go into a building that you, that you've never been into, this is, this is actually a great analogy for people trying to navigate this. Mm-hmm. If you go into a skyscraper you've never been into, how sure are you that you can figure out through using elevator or stairs or something to get to the roof? Mm-hmm. Like you've never been there. You don't mm-hmm. know the path to get to the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a roof that exists and you know that there's got to be a way to get to yes. it because there, there's stories up there, right? Absolutely. Okay. So you have no idea, but you enter the building and you just use your own abilities while you're doing, mm-hmm. while you're doing mm-hmm. to get to the roof. That is exactly what every hard problem entrepreneur faces. You don't have any idea how you're going to do it. You had no idea when you left Dairy Queen and McKesson, okay, how you were going to get to this place 40 years later. You didn't even know what this place looked like. No. You just knew that that wasn't the place. That wasn't the place. And I got to keep on walking until I find yes. it because it's not this. Yes. And when I stopped my business, I left my other job, kind of like quit it and- I had no plan B. That was all my plan A. So I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go. So if I have to go, it has to be this. This plan has to work. So I was putting all my effort into that. And actually, that was a good thing that I didn't have any other security or something to fall back to. Because that helped me a lot. Because look, when I first started the business, I was knocking on doors. Because first of all, I didn't. I I you couldn't email. I, I couldn't email. I didn't know how to write a professional email. I couldn't call people and talk to them because they would not understand what I'm trying to say. But one thing I had was I had printed the pictures. I didn't have a business card, but I printed a picture and knocked on the door. And just like I, how I figured out how to get the orders from a Dairy Queen, I figured out by knocking so many doors, I figured out what exactly my client's looking for. So exactly what's serving them, what client, what question to ask and let them kind of talk to me. And that's actually helping me a lot right now. It's crazy how everything connects, right? Because I didn't know how to write e- email in English, I go and knock on the doors. Because I didn't know how to communicate in the web, well, I let them ask me the question by just giving them some information. Now I use the same practice, letting my customer ask me the uh, question. And that just a lot of time when you're trying to sell, it, it's not very, client does not want to be sold. They want to be help. Yeah, you they know? want you to solve the yeah, problem. Yeah, and more questions and- they ask me, the more deep in they get into their head. They're like, okay, whenever they're asking me the question, when I answer this question, they kind of feel some kind of like trust in me, you know? Because and you just answered a question me. that they asked you on the fly. You didn't yeah. tell them about the information you came there to talk about today. Exactly. You, you answered something that was specific to them. And I figured that's my style. And I'm like, you know what? I grab my style and let everything else go. Those are not my, not my things. I don't have those gifts. I don't have a hammer in the toolbox. I don't got a screwdriver. This is what I got. This is my tool. This is what I have. I have to make this tool work. And I have only want to make this tool work where it fits. So that's helped me find my niche market too, where it fits too. You know, that's a, okay. So the idea I just had, like the visual that you talk about that just gave me is probably most of us have developed such a robust toolbox of tools some of them great, many of them mediocre, some of them bad, that we are, are enabling ourselves to spend a lot of time 
searching through the box to figure out the right tool to get the job done. Um, and through that process, we are busy being busy because searching for the tool isn't yes. working on the product, isn't working on the project, right? Okay. But in your case, you had three tools. Now, you didn't have a toolbox. You had three tools on a bench. Mm-hmm. You didn't, there, there was no way you could waste a whole lot of time sifting through the tools because you got three to choose from. And exactly. yeah, I got a screw to screw in, but I only got a hammer to use. Yep. And, I, and I can wish all I want for a screwdriver, but all I got is a hammer. So I got to figure out how to make this work. And exactly. I'm not going to figure it out sitting here thinking about it. I'm going to figure it out yep. getting to work on this screw. Exactly. And, and so it kind of it kind of removed the barriers that, that a normal person would have to get through. Um, to execute quickly, mm-hmm. to, to figure it out fast. So the first time you you went, you had that conversation. And I'm sure that the first one didn't wasn't knocking no. it out of the park, but you learned something. Just like crazy, first, just like the first drive through person at at a at Dairy Queen probably was not a fabulous ordering experience. No. Okay, but person number one hundred was a lot better than number one, and person one thousand. Oh yeah, got it. Got I, a great experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you keep getting better and better, and I think that's where. I was struggling too, and to just getting started, I was thinking like, oh, what people are going to think of me, how I speak my English, you know, they're going to judge me. They don't want to buy ice cream from somebody who doesn't speak English in their way. And I, you know, you tell all this thing to yourself, but more I started doing that, that's when I realized, you know, people are not like that. I'm just making the scenario in my head to kind of comfort myself, but that's not the reality. Because we have anxiety about doing things we've never done before. Exactly. And for me, taking order was a big thing. For me, going to a restaurant and ordering food was a huge thing. I wrote down my orders and I practiced. I was Googling how to order food at restaurant in America. Because you've never done it before. I didn't know. I've never done it before. I didn't know how to go. And first of all, I didn't know what the things mean. Like first time when I was new in America, one month into job at Dairy Queen, my boss took us to breakfast at Perkins in Bartow. And I didn't know what to order. So she kind of ordered grits and uh, pancakes and scrambled eggs and all you know american breakfast and you got this and you're like what the heck is this i didn't know how to use fork and knife to cut the pancake because i've never used that in india you you just use you sit on the ground with the family you sit in circle you eat with your hand traditional way being here it was uncomfortable but i you know i asked can you teach me how to use this and she was very nice she taught me and it's helped you know so I'm very grateful for the people in the beginning. So the first person I ever communicated in America, that was a girl. Her name is Alexis and she worked at Dairy Queen. And I'm grateful for people like those who still, who knew I didn't speak English, but who still put an effort to kind of. And took patience. Yeah. For them, it was just probably normal thing to do. But for me, I really appreciate that because they have no idea how much it has helped me. Those little things. My boss, yes, absolutely. My boss teaching me how to use fork and knife. The Alexis teaching me how to speak certain words in English. Other people like you. Every time I come here in the morning, I talk to you. I learn a lot. I'm grateful for all those things, you know, because it's helping me tremendously. You know, it it sounds like the gratitude that you have for all the people around you in your life, it brings you a lot of joy. It helps you to kind of look at your day instead of like, I have to go do this today Mm -hmm. too man, I get to go do this today. And it, it's that outlook. I think that, that is like when you're working, cause I see you working on stuff that's, that's difficult that you're perplexed on, mm-hmm. but you find joy in it. You're, mm-hmm. you're having a good time doing it. You're not, you're not looking at it as something you have to do. You're looking at it as something, man, this is awesome. I get to do this and I actually get paid to do this kind of work. Yes. 
So you're, you're, you're just kind of rewinding, you're saving money. Did you even know how much money you needed to save or you no. just know you needed it? No, I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't even knew what business I was going to start. I just have this thing in my mind like, okay, you know, when I told you I figured out my stuff, I also figured out that job is done for me. I figured out the business is for me because I wanted to be that way because it was cooler for me that time. So I put myself in the mindset, okay, job is not for you, Ruth. Whatever you have to do, Use that as a stepping stone to get to where you want to be. The business is where you want to be. So I kind of like, okay, my I forced myself to think in that way. Like, okay, business, business, business. I didn't know what business, how business. You just knew, you didn't know what was going to happen. You were just going to get prepared for the opportunity. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so you, you, you're saving, you said it was about two years in when you made the plunge. What, what was the thing that pushed you? What made you know that this is the time? So I was driving back at 3 a.m. Uh, from 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. from a kitchen pharmacy job. I have a Dairy Queen job in like 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I have like three, four hours to sleep. I'm driving home and I listen. That time I'm using a lot of podcasts and music to learn English. That's what I was learning English from music from and reading lyrics at the time, same time. Because you could hear the lyrics and then read, read them. Read it and, then and know what word. it means. And then, yeah. So I was listening to this podcast and... That was a story about Captain Cortez, who was going to conquer Aztec and get a treasure from Aztec, right? And when they were on the way on the ship um, in the ocean, they got a message somehow. I don't know how they got messaged that time. Maybe they used a messaging bird or something, but they got a message that they have army of 500 people and other armies 10 times bigger or some crazy number bigger. I don't know exact, but... He didn't say anything that time. They arrived on the shore and when they look at it, they're like, everyone was afraid. Like, what are we going to do? Their army is much bigger. The first thing he does, he burned all his ships and he says, if you're going home, you're going home in their ships. No plan B, only plan A. And that's when it clicked. I wanted to start this. And in two years, I was doing research what business I wanted to start and I have some money saved up. So I'm like, you know what? This is it. Tonight's the night where I burned my ship and I'm going home in their ship, which was the business. And that was the moment. Next morning, I go to my boss and I told her, look, you have helped me tremendously. That was great. But now it's time for me to move ahead and start my business. I'll give you a one month. I'll train an employee to replace me and then I will go. And she was like, okay, we did that. I left my job on 10th April, the day, exact day I started, exactly after two years. So it all burned my okay, shit. So, so here, here's an interesting one. If you had heard that podcast a month sooner, do you think you were ready to burn the ship a month no, sooner? No. You think you heard it exactly It was divine timing. It? it was divine timing. I tell you why. Because the same night I was also thinking I was extremely tired. 17 hours a day for nonstop for two years. Like I was not taking days off. Everyone in my family, like you're crazy. You're burning out. All my people, all my employees. That night I was thinking, I was looking at my feet and I'm, it was hurting so bad. I was looking at it. I'm like, you know what? It's okay that you hurt right now. One day you're going to relax very comfortably. And that night I heard that podcast and I'm like, it could not be the most perfect time. Little I knew my work was about to get a lot more harder, but I felt the security in my mind because my mind already made that decision that we are burning the ship. Yeah. Well, and you're also going- And that's all the, I needed. At the end of the day- can always go back to Dairy Queen. 
Yeah, I mean, like you're going at the end of the day, none of us really have a burned ship, even though we might mentally burn the ship. We might quit the job. It's not really like we can go back to it if 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 yes. if, 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 the, if it all fails. But for me, that was going, not an option. That's not an option. I'm not that was back. not an and option. I, and I get you. Yep. I get you. There, but I'm going in reality. Yes. What people are so scared of doesn't even really exist. Yes. It really exactly. that, that fear that fear that we have that this thing isn't going to this thing that we are unhappy to do each day isn't going to be there for us. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can find another thing to do that makes me unhappy. Absolutely. I can find a lot of it. Okay. So you burn the ship, make the decision. (laughs) Okay. Where did you start at? So what was your first, like, first thing I bought it, I buy a drone, right? Cause I always been into technology before. So you you knew at that point, the drone, it had something to do with drone. The Something that, something to do with things that fly. Something to do. And before I came to America, I was, you know, I told you before I was in technology and that time I didn't have a lot of resources. So, but even though I didn't have any resources or internet or money to buy, I gather parts from here and there, um, help, got help from my uncle in America. He sent me a few motors from America to there. And I made a drone and I was selected in India's top 40 for making that innovation into the drone technology. And, and right after that, I got to come here. So I knew something to do with things that fly. Right. So I, I purchased a drone for five thousand okay. dollars and I'm like, now I have to make money. So I'm trying to figure out. So I'm knocking on doors. I'm literally knocking on people's door, going to construction sites like while they're working. And I had no idea about safety or anything. A lot of people kicked me out a lot of because I had no idea. Were, were, you, were just here in Lakeland or all over? Just like. Well, started in Lakeland, but then I started making a, a list. Every morning I would wake up and I would make a kill list, right? I would have a list like Tampa and I would write all the companies. I, I, I would did, make did, a, you, did you Google them in the morning? So you like, yeah, you say, okay, we're going to Tampa today. So I'd make a list and I would just drive to them unannounced. And I knock on doors. I talk to the front desk people, give them my card and get their information. A lot of people kicked me out. A lot of people said no. Probably I didn't get any clients from there. I got a few clients from there. Uh, probably like 10 out of knocking hundreds of doors. How, but long, how long before you get your first yes? Two, three months. So two, three months. Two, three months. Yeah. Going out each day, coming yeah. back really with nothing. Yeah. But getting better each time you did. Just, yeah. like, just like when you're working the drive through window, you're going, I got to yeah. learn this. Yeah. So really, if you think about it like that, it only took you two or three months to learn it. Yeah. For me, it was just like, what else I have to do? And this is, I'm so lucky that I'm 21 year old. I'm starting, I started my business. I quit my job. So I was feeling actually good. I was, you know what? I was feeling good when they were saying no. I was feeling good. I was building that chip on my shoulder. You know what? One day, keep saying no to me. One day you will come to me. And it's crazy. And nothing wrong with that. It's crazy. Sometimes it comes in a full circle. Now those people I knocked on the door before, now they're reaching out to my company to solve the problem for them. And they don't even know I was the guy knocked on their door before. They had no idea. It's crazy, but I know because I remember. I was there. I remember. I remember. I remember you telling me to get out. Absolutely, and, and you didn't give me the the time of day. Yeah, and, and why would they? And I also looked at it that way. Why would they? Who am I? Why would they? If I were in the same position, I'll do the same thing. I just had to figure out how to. But I didn't feel bad that they say no because you're going. And, I deserve this right now. And, but 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 if I keep chipping away at it, I won't always deserve it. Exactly. And then and then and then, and then the paradigm shift takes place where you can drive value. And so you don't got to knock the door because they knock yours. Yeah. And the thing in my mindset, that my mindset was, I know nothing. So every time my client tells me I'm learning something and I was very naive at that time. Like I would ask people to write, give me their email. And 
I didn't understand American culture at that time. So like a lot of people are humor and I, I, it was just very confusing to me. So I like asked for people email to send them information. People write email, leave me alone at gmail.com. And I would still think that's an email and I'm writing an email and I'm writing that down. And I'm like, why is not going through? And that's when I, after a few years, I realized, oh, that's what it means. He was, did not want me to talk to him, you know? So like later on in things like this, <laughs> <laughs> you're, go, you're going, you're going, when you think, when you think through what you had to overcome to get here, yeah. you know, is it, is it like, you got to think if I could go from not speaking the language to having customers and employees in six years, mm -hmm. what could I do in six more? It, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking at that time. I was keeping track of my little success and using that little success to build up my confidence. I was using little success. Oh, today I order food at 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 restaurant on my own without without getting confused at the uh, you know today I, I did this today I talked to this many people like that was the that was building up my confidence. So that time I was thinking, okay, you know what? This two and uh, people are saying no, but I was looking at way like okay, I want them to know, I want them to tell me no because. I don't know. I, I was making up scenarios in my mind and I was thinking like, okay, it's going to come back in a full circle. And it's crazy how it, how it always does. I had nothing to lose. That was the thing. I'm like, even if you don't get, I just didn't care if they said yes or no. I, I mean, I did care a lot, but I just, at the same time, I didn't care. If not, next. Because there, you one. know what? There are millions of people in America. Someone's so, going to say, yes. say yes. Someone's going to understand so, me. So tell me about the person who said yes. So, um... That time I was using, you know, I have no experience in business and I didn't have anyone to even see how they did the business kind of like follow them. So I was just kind of experimenting a lot of things and I was uh, being a lot more passive aggressive that time. I would just go ahead and take a picture of their construction site and send it to the client like here, are, are, do you want to buy it? And I, I did the started doing the same thing for the city. So I started taking pictures of the city different parts and I took a very good picture with the drone of city of Lakeland right and I posted on Facebook and I sent it to the city and they they loved it so they posted and they tagged me and then one lady reached out she was like can you take a picture of my property I'm like absolutely I went there and that was my first paying client uh so her first name paying client really just wanted to take an aerial photo yes and she paid me 250 dollars that was my first First money Could after you two three you'd months, made, you'd made more money to take one photo oh. than you'd made for the whole week working at Dairy Queen. I felt like that'd be king. like yes. I, I it was. I came home. I showed my mom my first like, can money. You believe I, I got. did this in fifteen minutes. I made you this have, much money, and that's when my confidence go through the roof. Then I started like now I knew now I have something to show my client like what I do. Then I started going and one uh, construction company said yes, and I was just I offered them. Can I like do a free for you and I give the data and if you like it, you hire me for the next one. They were like, sure, go ahead. They wanted to just get rid of me. So yeah. like, yeah, go ahead, do it. I did it. They loved it. They're, then it become yes. And now I have something to so, prove. So, so how long after that first yes did it take to get the second yes? Uh, Probably like a, another month. Another month. Another, so another month. month. And the second yes came in the form of let me do some work for free for you. Yeah. And if you like this, Maybe you'll you'll give me a shot on the next one. Yes, but okay. in in during that month, I was also being very passive aggressive with, with other people. How too. many people did you make that offer? So many, so yeah, many. So you know, I was making those kill lists. I was saying making a kill list for the companies in Tampa, Orlando, Sarasota, Naples, Miami. Like I would just drive 
go there, use my same money. I had no money coming in, like literally whatever. You just had the savings. From Dairy Queen, yes. And, um, and so most of the money that you needed to start the business was really just to give you time to yes. to create some some positive. I just need money for gas to drive there. That's all I needed. I don't care. So the second yes that you got, they liked the work you did, company, and then they yeah. hired you. Did they just hire you one time, or did that become something ongoing? They be, they hired me for construction uh, monitoring. Right? They they hired me, so I go there every twice a week, uh, twice a month, every bi week, and take a progress of their uh, uh, picture. Then I reached out to someone. Uh, I was also doing research because I'm like, I need now I need money. So I reached out to someone. I'm like, I need to learn the business because I realized I don't know business. I don't know how to do things. I don't know how to take the right pictures, actually. So I reached out to a drone company here in Florida, in Lakeland. They're also a member of Catapult. Okay. So I'm like, hire me. I'll work for you for free. I just want to learn. Okay. And he was very good. And I'm grateful for him, too. He taught me a lot of how to talk to clients, how to... He taught me a lot of manners because, you know, I was from India. Everything was different. I was still operating figuring, in figuring that way. Figuring, yeah. yeah. And Dairy Queen, you know, people you meet, it's not as quality people. Like, well, well they're, they're not, they're not in sales. They're not dealing with customers in that, same, exactly. in that same way. And so, and so you just hadn't been exposed to someone with that particular set of skills yet. Exactly. And learning that through doing it with the customers hard because there's a, it's a, <laughs> yes. you got, you got, a, you, got a, you got a lot of, a lot of missteps than that mm-hmm. you would make in the customer isn't necessarily informing you every mm-hmm. time you make a misstep. You're having to read them to see like, oh, was yeah. I not supposed to do that? Okay. Exactly. So, so, so you, you hooked up with someone that was in Catapult. No, that um, time I had no idea what Catapult, what Catapult was. was. But so you found them just by Googling them and you saw they were in Lakeland. Yeah. They were in Lakeland and he was, he was running his business out of his home office that time. This okay. I'm talking about this like 2017. Okay. I came to America 2015. This is 2017 already. You may be six months into leaving Dairy Queen at this point. Yes, like some, exactly. In that, in that range. Exactly. And um, he hired me and he would just, I was just doing assistant work. I was just like shadowing, like just do everything. Just tell me if you want me to watch your kids, I'm okay with that too. If you want me to do this, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to work hard and do that. But I just, I just want to learn and absorb. I did that. And then the Hurricane Irma happened. And when the Hurricane Irma happened, I'm like, this is my opportunity to, and then I started reaching out to a lot of insurance company, roofing company. I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't want to take my drone pictures anymore. I want to use the drone in a way that I really want to, to solve problems. Then well, Hurricane Irma happened and I just started taking pictures of a lot of roofs and send it to the roofing company. And they realized this is very beneficial for them because they don't have to go on the roof. And I learned those, learned things, the benefit of this problem I'm solving, right? And I started showing them the first, I started showing them the problem. Then I started showing them the solution. Then I start showing them the benefit of the solution that I have. Now they have to do is to make a decision, right? They ask me question and that's how my, the actual, my drone business started happen and started making money, doing a lot of roof inspection. And after that, as I was doing that, I met a lot of people and a lot of people gave me a lot of ideas like, oh, you could use this for inspecting this. Oh, you could use this. Oh, I know somebody from this. And that's when it started happening. I started following up with people. Now I kind of knew what problem I was solving. Now I kind of knew how I'm solving. Now I kind of knew what the benefit of the problem I'm solving. So I kind of put together a website, put together a presentation, and I started knocking on doors again, going to the old school method. But now I have something very professional to show, not just picture printed from Staples. Yeah. Something professional to show, well put together. Now I'm wearing a dress shirt 
and uh, showing up. Now I'm knocking city. Uh, now I started going to city hall, uh-huh. like city hall. And I just walk in. For me, I didn't have fear of anything that time. That time I, I didn't care if you like me or not, if you kill me or not. Like, I just want, just I just want to talk yeah, to you. Yeah. I just want you to hear me out. And people loved People loved it. They were like, this is crazy. This guy just walks in our office and trying to talk to us. So they were willing to listen to me in that way. And that helped me. And because I didn't know what was the right or wrong. Because, you know, a lot of times we put that mental block in our head. The more we know, more we trying to be more, make it look professional, more we trying to analyze. And we get paralyzed in that, yep. you know? So yep. Paralysis by analysis. Paralysis by analysis. And I, I didn't have any analysis at that time. I was kind of like cannonball. Balling into that, just, just had to do it. So, yeah, so, so you you just said a lot. First, the first yes was an aerial photo. Mm-hmm. The second yes was a free aerial photo, and then that led to more aerial photos. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you started. You, the, then you started doing the. Uh, you you did the not like well, I would call a it internship. Work. Yeah, but you 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 kind of you kind of came on here as an apprentice. Yeah. with with another with someone else who was doing it in an effort to learn. They were doing a it, real estate photography. Yeah. Yes, and you did like maybe six months or so of that, and then you saw an opportunity when Hurricane Irma came. Um, how did you how did you cross over from like what what took place to go from photos to survey? Because because I guess it's, in a way a survey is just a photo. Yes, it's a photo then that you analyze. Yes. Okay. So, so what did you have to do different with the drone to make it to nothing. where you did nothing? So literally nothing. Okay. I just had to take a picture and you just kind of pay attention. I'm like, and I started thinking, I'm like, you know, this solves the biggest problem. Like, first of all, roofer don't have to go on the roof. And second of all, because the hurricane happened, a lot of damages in this area. So the more people I find with the damage, more I can give it to the roofing companies that they can go and sell. I started telling roofer, you don't have to go on the roof. And you might be go, able to go on four or five, but I can give you 30 in a day. And that's when they were like, holy shit, we need to talk to this guy. And that's when the transition happened. Okay, there so, was no. So, so had you done it before you sold them? Or no. you just like in theory, I can in do theory, this? In theory, yeah. In theory, I can do this. I and, figured and so out. When you, when you said I can do 30 in a day, you really had never done 30 no. in a day. But you're like, based on the amount of time it should take, yeah. I think I can do about that. Yeah. I'm very generous when it comes to estimating things. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, so, so your approach there then was the same. Like you're yeah. going, okay. Um, Hurricane Irma left a lot of roofs that are need repair. Theoretically, I should be able to do this with a drone. So now I need to find someone who is willing to pay for this. Pay and, for so, and so then you go, okay, let's go back to the tried and true. Let's start knocking on doors. But this time, exactly. I know it's roofers and I'm going to target roofers. I'm not doing really anything different than I was doing with the construction companies. Yeah. Just now it's roofers and I'm not telling them I can take an aerial photo, which they only think is worth a couple hundred bucks. I'm telling them I can get them a lead for a new roof yeah. that might cost twenty dollars to $30,000. Yep. This has a lot more value to them mm-hmm. now. Okay. How, so, many, how long did it take you to get someone to take you up on the offer? That time hurricane happened. So people were not even interested in that in the beginning. Like okay. they were like not in the least. But so I, I did like a couple hundred roof inspection, um, kind of give them a, which, made is, a which is report. not the lead portion of it. Just, that is just getting them the paperwork they need to turn into insurance. So really all you were doing there is saving them the time to go on the roof and yep. do it themselves. And so, yeah. so that's where you start. You're saying, listen, at the very least, I can save climb up here and do the roof inspection yeah. and I can get a bunch of these done in a day, which is going to save you all time and money. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then as you're doing it, that led you to this thought process that really we can survey a whole community. Well, I didn't came on that yet. Oh. I didn't came on that. I was doing the roof inspection and that kind of season got over and I had some money saved up. And in the meantime, I was also building relationship in my community. Like, cause I'm like new in America, I have to build relation. And I, I'm, 
huge people's person. I love people. I love talking to them. I love hearing their stories. So I was just reaching out to other people on Facebook shamelessly mm -hmm. like, hey, man, how you doing? I want to learn from you and all that. So that was this guy's birthday. I sent him a happy birthday message. He was like, he was like, this guy don't know me. He said, thank you. And I asked him some question. Later on, he was seeing what I was, and I was also posting what I was doing on Facebook. And he called me. He was like, I have this very interesting opportunity. I don't know if you want to take it, but it's in Ohio and we have 300 cell tower. Can you inspect with your drone? I said, yes, without knowing. I never even knew how the cell tower worked. I said, yes. <laughs> I can do I it. I flew to Ohio. That time I, did, I purchased Did equipment. you have the money to fly or no, I had a big, uh, big chunk of the savings left? I didn't have a, a lot of money left, but I had enough to for a plane ticket. So I go there. I didn't have enough to get a hotel room or anything. So I then he was like, okay. So I go there without signing any contract. I go to Ohio. He, he was coming from Nashville. He had some problem with his truck. So he came next day. I spent the entire night at the airport just sitting there waiting for didn't some have anywhere to go. money to go get a taxi or get a hotel room. Because, you know, if I spend that, whatever money I have, I don't have money for food next day. What am I going to do? So I'm like, you know. Airport has a very comfy couch, so I'm just going to stay there for a night. Next day when he comes, he picked me up. We go do this whole job. You know, we and the terms of the contract was after the work is done, net 45 days I got paid after the work is done. So the, the work was a whole month. So I was kind of like depending on him to get the hotel for me. Did you, how'd you figure out even how to price him? Because you'd never done anything like this before. No, you, he offered me $20,000 to do it. And I took it. I'm like, in a month, I'm going to make 20 grand and I'm going to use that 20 grand in so many ways. So I, I said, yes. So he, he said, listen, this is what I'm willing to pay for it. Yes. Yes. And I said, yes, I'll go do it. We inspected 300 cell towers and probably I, it was way lower price, you know, that time. But, uh, Cause I didn't knew, I you didn't know no contact. Did, did you, was, did you have a hard time getting it done in a month or no, no? we, we worked super hard. We worked super hard to get that. It was in snow. I worked a first one to wake up. Like I did that job very faithfully. I did that because I knew this was my shot. This so was my on, time to well, shine. You're going in a month. I'm going to make more than I could have made in a year. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I came home. I made that money and I used that money to do other things. I used that money to do uh, hire some engineers. I'm like, okay, I want you to help me make my work legit. I want you to sign off the report and that's going to set me apart in the industry. From everybody else. Yes. And I started doing that and I started doing that. I started making How more How did you contacts. know that was something they valued? Because, because who am I to, was I was it, just a kid with the drone, flying a drone. I knew but, how but to. But you're going, this engineer signature gives us a lot of street cred. Absolutely. Because I was, you know, talking to a lot of people, the information I have gathered from many different people. I needed something legit, something professional. Because I didn't want it to play in the small league, like inspecting roof for this much. And I so you could see that's where you were getting pushback because they weren't taking you as seriously as they, as they could have yes. if, if they thought there was more behind it. Yes. And once I made that decision, a lot of things changed after that. I started working in many different states. Now I have a big network and now I have a portfolio to show. So I'm approaching these companies and I'm doing anything to get a meeting with them. I send so many companies. I tell you a story of a Lakeland Electric later on this in 2020, but kind of tell you like what it takes to get a meeting. I send a general manager, Joel Ivey, a box and I put a one, only one shoe in it, brand new shoe. I put up my business card and I write a handwritten note. Dear Mr. Ivey, I want to have the opportunity to work with Lakeland Electric. Please meet with me. 
Um, the reason I have one shoe in the box to represent, I got my one feet in the door, me with me so I can have another. And it, it was stupid. Yeah, it but, was stupid. But, but it memorable. It was memorable. It was, you know, I probably won't do the same thing again. I'll probably use other things. Something but, different. But that time, that was the, because I didn't know how to write professional email. I trying to call, no one picks up, and that got me into the door. So I was doing different techniques. That was just one of the gimmick I used, but there was like so many. Because like, there's probably a lot of stuff that you tried that didn't work, right? Yes. And so, and so some people will focus on just what doesn't work. You're like, I'm just going to keep trying until Absolutely. something works till I get that call back. And that's, that's how you've approached it every step of the way. It's like, there's no, there's no else. Yeah. I have to accomplish yes. this. So you, you get, you, you kind of get your first taste of like, okay, I can make money at this. Yeah. And if I sell a solution, it's a lot more valuable to yes. someone than the photo, than the product. Exactly. And that time it became very clear to me that no one is feeding me. I have to go out and hunt. No one is coming to me because they don't know me. They don't even and this know technology that you have, a, have an answer to it. Probably. Why would they care? So now I have to go out and hunt. And that's when I started doing And I ended up working in 25 different states doing all kind of crazy work. Um, power line inspection, solar inspection, cell towers. Some of the surveys like uh, LIDAR surveys are in Pennsylvania. So kind of giving the data like, and as I was like learning all this, I was like, also doing a research and talking to very intelligent people, they were giving me a lot of ideas. And in my mental, in my mind, I was like, okay, how can I use this people's knowledge and this people's knowledge put together and have something that would solve? Because I don't have their knowledge, but I know them. But I have a great going, relationship can, with can, them. I can piece it all together. And I, I think that, that, you know, what you naturally did there is what a lot of people I think struggle with. And, and it is that your understanding of your own limitations. Okay. You knew that I'm not an engineer. I don't have, I don't have that. And I don't have this and I don't have that, but I have an ability to meet whoever I want to meet mm -hmm. and talk to them. Mm -hmm. And hopefully through my own natural charisma and, and personality, I can get them to take an active interest in the problem I'm working yes. on and use the things that they know to help come up with the solution. And so while I may not be an engineer, I can get a solution from an engineer's perspective. And if I call three engineers and I ask them the same question and they each give me the same answer, mm -hmm. then, then I feel pretty confident that that's an answer I can go to my client with. Yes. Okay. And, and then the client doesn't know all this is taking place in the background, which means you're building yourself as an expert and as, yes. and as, as an authority on, on, on that subject matter, which builds trust with the client. And you don't abuse that trust by giving them answers to questions you don't know the answer to. You, you stay constant to that trust by seeking expert advice every time you don't know an answer to the question. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you're, a lot of people struggle with that because they don't want to operate outside of their abilities. That would be yeah. the thing they think about. And I don't think you are operating outside of your abilities when you're connecting one expert with another expert to a problem. I think that that's just saying my ability is solving I'm increasing problems. my ability, yeah. I'm a problem solver. I don't have to have all the information to solve a problem. I just have to be willing to take action, mm -hmm. put one step in front of the other. The elevator's on a shut down. I'll find the stairwell. If the stairwell's not working, I'll get a rope and climb up the building. But one way or another, I'm making it to the top. Yep. Because as I'm listening, the products that you that you've said yes to, you didn't know how to do a lot of this stuff. I didn't do any of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't cause, do cause, any cause, of you that. Know, the first yeah. Power line survey you did. No. You're going well. I'm hoping that it's a lot I said like yes. the radio yeah. towers, but I don't really know. Mm -hmm. You know until. You're dealing with it. But yeah. you said, hey, what I am going to do is I'm going to show up early and I'm going to stay late. Yeah. And while I don't know how to do everything here, I'm going to make sure a good job yeah. is done and I'm going to learn through this job so the next one's a little easier. Yeah. And you know, I told you in the beginning, I my method when I was reaching out to my clients, um, 
I was having them ask me the question. So I was basically every client I was approaching, I was having those ask the question to me. So even though I did not knew how to perform that, I understood what problem they were facing. And then all I had to do just to ask an engineer. That's it. That's how, all how I had to, to do. Because you're going, every problem has been solved by somebody somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. So all I had to do just connect, connect those dots. And yeah, I think one thing I'm good at, just connecting dots. And I think that's the ability that I recognized in the beginning that I can only focus on that rather than learning the whole trade, like going to engineering school and learning that to solve the problem. I think all the effort I need to put into and that I put into is connect, learning how to connect dots even better yep. and so better. You're just basically connecting to a client that's got a problem and then searching for expert help, to solve yeah. that problem, and then coming up with some sort of innovation yes. to where you can facilitate the work. Yes. We don't, there is no shortage of expert in the world. And that's the same way. There is no shortage of problems in the world. Do you know where is the shortage of people connecting those things? How many engineers we have in the world? Billions. Yeah, but but they but what they like to do is the engineering work. They don't really like to do the clients client facing work, exactly. perhaps. And so they're not always in the conversation where the problem's coming out. Exactly, exactly. They're getting fed. Not they don't have to go out and hunt. That's what I had to do, and that's when I learned. All the weapon, everything I need, it's just learning to connect. Well, well so. you know, you know what else you, you've learned and um, anybody listening to this should really take note is the leverage is yes. in the connect, you know, because at the end of the day, you weren't the person with the problem and the money and you weren't really the person with the solution. solution no, you were the person in the middle. Okay. That controls the whole thing because the bottom line is, is you can go to any engineer to get the solution. Yes. Okay. And you can go find yourself some new customers. A new customer. Okay. But you know what the customer can't, isn't, or maybe can't do, or isn't willing to do is find the engineer directly. No. And what the engineer doesn't seem to be willing to do is find the, find the customer directly. So what you figured out was that there is a ton of leverage in the middle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there is a, everyone needs someone taking the initiative, kind of putting together those, most of the people you see, the leaders, they're not necessarily good at doing those big things. You know, like kind of look at you, right? Yeah, you I and got, me uh, have a conversation. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm good at that's it. No, but like you are very good at connecting those people. You are very good at connecting or finding the right people to do that job and finding the right customer and you just connecting. So you doing basically what I'm doing, but on a much higher level. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it's you it's understand. The same, it's the same yes, job. It's the same you know, thing. And I, I'd almost be willing to say that most of most, most of entrepreneurship is just that. I mean, it's. I mean, at a, at, a, at a granular level, it is you have to be willing to be a jack of all trades to get yourself enough cash flow to where you can hire people. That's goal number one. You got to be able to afford people, right? But then your job starts to shift. The moment you can mm -hmm. afford people, your job starts to shift to bringing people onto the team or bringing contractors into your sphere or aligning with vendors mm -hmm. that can support your purpose. Yes. Okay. And then, and then, and then take, and then understanding that no one is ready made and perfect for that purpose. And that now your job is to, is to get this thing and start shaping it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then over time you are adding more, more of those cogs into yep. your machine and getting them to move with each other. And the, and, and I think that the, the hardship, the finesse comes in as that machine gets bigger types of cogs that you started with aren't necessarily the cogs you need to get to the next stage. Yes. And everything continues to change. So you have to question all that you know. Yeah. Because at each at each plateau level, everything you know shifts and changes. Everything mm -hmm. you know is no longer relevant to get to the next plateau. 
And so you've got to really love this art of learning and then applying what you're learning to working on the cogs within your machine. And so many of us never get to that place where we're, we're not a cog in the machine. Most of us as business owners are the most important cog in our machine. And therefore we can never be the machinist. Do you know why? Because a lot of people don't have why they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And because a lot of people start their business kind of starting to kind of be like free, be their own boss. And that doesn't go very further because they lack purpose and why. And I think I'm very lucky to find my purpose, like in one of those jobs while I was doing, because, you know, when I was doing this, I had the reason I'm doing business now and reason I was doing business a year ago is completely different. It's completely different. And now it's actually giving me a lot of energy and mental push because I know my purpose. And I tell you why. I was in California inspecting this power line. You know, I told you about yeah. inspecting this power line and they were responsible for starting a lot of fires because California is dry and all that. While I was there, we came across the city and they was completely burnt, completely burnt. We stepped out of a truck and my whole feet just went into ash. And that's when it clicked, finally clicked. You're like, this is, I'm, I'm doing my, something. My solution can do a huge impact in a lot of things and can protect our planet in many different ways. A lot of things we can prevent from happening. In California, in 10 years, 10 million acres just burned. In just last 10 years, me and my team, we prevented 11 fires doing the work we did. That's when I realized the value of my work and purpose. Now that purpose is going to keep pushing me. So that's the, a lot of time people are doing all these things. They have all the great solution to the biggest problem, but they give up in the middle or they, lo they lose their momentum because they don't know why they're doing. They just end up becoming the person, the part of the machine that they're just doing. It becomes your business becomes new nine to five to them after certain years. Exactly. Because it does not keep them pushing. So, Which makes sense because if your purpose is to make money and get freedom of time, then once you achieve it, what's what's propelling you forward still? Exactly. You know, and, and, and really when you think about your journey, you didn't start off to build the company you built. You didn't even know what you were starting off to build. You were starting off to figure it out. And I think you've embraced that on your journey. You're going, you know, I... I, I don't necessarily have this hard and fast idea of the future company. I, I just know that I'm open to change and I'm open to letting the business evolve and I'm open to, to following new opportunities that present themselves. And so when I get a client that asks me to do X and it pays Y, it gets my interest. And I, and I figured out, is there a market here that I can build it around Absolutely. or is there not? And if there is, then maybe that becomes a product line of the future that I hadn't even considered yet. Exactly. You know, because what you what you really enjoy is solving these problems. Yes. And the impact it makes. I actually don't enjoy the solving the problem. I actually enjoying seeing the result. Solving the problem and just the process. Means to an end. Uh, means to an end. Right? So now after seeing that, after you it's crazy how your mind thinks, right? It can change completely. That night. I hear the podcast of burning bridges, burning, not bridges, but burning boats, changed my life, right? Stepping out of my truck that day into a pile of ash and realizing the whole city used to be here, it's burned now. Now it's actually pushing me a lot further because now after that, I thought I started thinking because certain things you cannot unsee, right? Yeah. I saw that and it kind of pushes me. I'm like, Ruth, you already know what the impact you have of of your solution onto the planet and the this the 
communities you can serve. So why don't you find a mission? And this is me talking to myself, right? So I started writing different mission statement. I'm like, I need to write a mission statement for me, my personal, not that my I, business. That I can get behind, that I yes. believe in. And I came up with, I want to create solution that protect our planet and serve our communities. And that's when I was thinking that I'm like, you know what? This is exactly how I do the business. This is why I find all the solutions. So why don't I make the mission state statement of my company too? Because basically my company is a reflection of me, my heart, how I started. So it should reflect that. And that time I was like thinking that. And I took a whole week off. I did not get any new clients, did not finish all the work I had. I took my website down, changed everything on it. I knew, now I knew focused only on the things that would make impact and create solution that would protect our planet. That's why I only started focusing on only three industry. I dropped everything else. I dropped, it was a hard decision to make, but it, I dropped everything else. So I decided energy, agriculture, and infrastructure. The, the biggest three necessity in the modern world right now. And can they all map back towards your why? Exactly. Connects with my why. And so now my job becomes a lot easier. Now I don't even have to make certain decision. It makes decision for me. I don't have to get confused, waste time, waste my resources into following unnecessary work. Now I know exactly what industry I want to work in because I know the impact of those my work. So it became a lot clearer. And now it's actually a lot less stress on my head to finding client because I know I'm not working to find the client. I'm working to solve this big problem. And the problem clearly exists. And if problem exists, there's always people looking for a solution. Exactly. And so you're going, I'm not going to waste my time with the problems that I'm not the right solution for. Like really on to the next, on to the next, yes, on to the next, because every no is also me not wasting my time working on a problem that's not worthy of the solution I have to offer or is not a great fit for the solution I have to offer. Not every client's going to be that. And so your job then just becomes aligning with as many people that have the problem that you can solve as possible. You know, so when you think about that problem that you face in the future, I know we're, we're starting to wrap it up now, but as you, as you kind of think into the future, because I think that takes us up to like where you are present day, what do you think the biggest problem you're facing like that, that, that would unlock the most growth for you? Like what's the, what's the, what's the one thing that you've got to do in order to, to, to really get to that next level. And I don't know what the next level is for you, if that's another employee or if that's a revenue target, but this thing, what's your next plateau that you're working toward? And what's the, what's the problem you're, you're struggling with now? I'm right now, the problem I'm struggling with that I don't know what I want. Um, it's a good problem. And, it's a and good, honestly a good question to ask. Yes. No, I mean, everything is clear. So the only thing stops us from achieving something or getting to the next level that we are looking to do is not knowing what the next level is. So for me, I don't know what the next level is. Cause if I tell you like, you know, I started my business three years ago, I had no idea what I'll be doing now. So what I'm, I don't see it, see it as a necessarily as a struggle. So quickly, how could I even dream of what's going to look like exactly, in three years now? Exactly. So I, there is no struggle, but there is always a challenge trying to like, what's going to be the next level of this? You know, that's a good point because I, Okay, where I can see that is, is I don't necessarily know what's next for, for me. When I, when I really like ask myself that question, I know the problems I'm working on this quarter. Mm -hmm. I know the things that I want to tackle next quarter. And I've got like some macro visions of what I'd like to mm -hmm. see achieved next year. But just like you, it's, a, it's kind of a moving target. And it's based exactly. on, on variables and things that are happening that are within my control and outside of my control. 
And, you know, so I kind of know about where I'd like to be, but Mm -hmm. yeah. And then at the end of the next year, I'm going to get a whole new set of variables. that's going to change my trajectory. Yes. You know, for, for beyond. So, so you're going, you know, really, I know the problems I'm looking to solve right now, but it's hard to anticipate all the things, like how many yeah. thinking a year from now. Exactly. The only thing that keeps keep pushing me is what am I going to be thinking of myself when I'm 75 year old? That's all I'm thinking right now, right now. And that's what kind of pushes me like, Okay, I don't, now I look back when I was 19, it makes me feel very good. The things I did makes me feel very good. A lot of things I'm not proud of, a lot of things that does not make me feel good. But the things that made me good are those things that made me become who I am today. So, and I'm very proud of my previous self. So I just want to be proud of myself when I'm 75 year old. Um, I'm not necessarily proud of my 19 year old for not knowing my purpose. I know that now. I'm going to be proud of myself at 75 years because I found my purpose. I will not be happy if I did not follow my purpose or why I'm doing this, if I got diverted. That's why my future self is keeping me accountable right now. Because whatever we do now is echoes in eternity. And I don't want it to echo in eternity if I'm doing anything bad right now. So that puts a lot of pressure on me to do good things mm-hmm. and actually very beneficial for me and people around me. Well, you know, you know the other thing it does is if you're honest with yourself about what you've achieved in six years, it sets the bar awfully high for Absolutely. the next six, man. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, you're going, cause you're going, okay. Cause you cause you're in six years from today, you're going to have to say, well, I knew the language. Yes. I had a business. Exactly. I had cash flow. I had employees. Like, I had like, everything <laughs> I need. And if I don't do it, it's on me. So that's what keep it pushing me. And I love it. I love being in that position. Yeah, because well, so, you yeah. know what? We started our conversation off talking about golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of interesting as we're ending our conversation also talking about golden handcuffs because golden handcuffs to me are something that, that you want that keeps you attached to something that's made, well, maybe handcuffs are the wrong thing because it, it, it would say that it's keeping you attached to something you don't necessarily want. But in your case, what you've done creates, um, creates accountability and creates expectation Absolutely. for what there is to come. Um, and I think that's, what's driving your optimism right now. Do mm-hmm. you hear I me? Mean? Like if you talk to Ruth, if you, if you meet him around here at Catapult, you are going to be filled with so much positive energy because you're around somebody that is excited to hit the ground running in the morning to achieve this goal of the day. And you know, that excitement is contagious. And if, for those of you who listen to this, that don't come around Catapult, it is one of the most magical things about this place. I've got my own office and it's the reason I'm up here as often as I can be um, because you can't help but get some of that on you. Yes. Okay. And you use it throughout your day to refuel, recharge. Like the, everything outside of this place takes energy from me, you know, but even, even, even the things that I would, I'd usually be doing um, outside of this place that would take energy from me when I'm doing them here, when I'm giving of my talents and my resources into this community it, it like fills my cup up, it overflows it. Um, you know, so if you're listening and you're looking for some motivation or you're looking for um, maybe someone to help hold you accountable um, to doing the things that you know you're supposed to do, but you just can't get out of your own way, um, this might be a good place to start. Um, and and, and, if, and I'll give you a little secret. If you show up between the hours like 6.30 and 8, you'll catch Root all by himself and you can pick his brain. And he has got some, some just really inspiring pieces of his story. So if you're going to leave us with any one thing, what is it? Um, we cannot connect dot looking forward. We always connect dots looking backwards. And a lot of time, whatever we're doing right now might not make any sense, 
but keep doing what you're doing and have faith in it because that those are the things that you're going to appreciate later on in your life. I appreciate the hustle I had uh, when I was 19 year old. Uh, just the crazy mind I had, just like I hear a podcast and I made a life decision to quit my job new in country, but just do it because there is no test. This is it. This is it. And no one knows. So don't take advice from anybody. I mean, I would say take a good advice from people, but don't take bad advice and trying to make it a good advice. Just keep doing what you're doing. And even if it doesn't make any sense, it will make sense in the future looking back. I so love the that. dots connect looking back. I love that. So don't judge yourself on what you're doing right now because you just don't know how it maps into your future. Exactly. And take advice from everybody and nobody because it's your life. You got one to live. And at the end of the journey, we die. So enjoy it. Enjoy every day and look look for a reason why um, you get to do what you're doing, not you have to do what you're doing. So we'll leave you there. I can't wait to catch up with you in a year, man. If, you, if, if what I've seen over six years, oh, Root, you're going to do some special things, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Growing Pains podcast. We hope that you've learned something new or been inspired by this week's episode. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see more throughout your week. We thank you for your support and hope to see you next week.